Hi, I'm Mike, a working dad of two wee boys. And I'm Paul Campbell, also a working dad of two little lads. This is Balancing Dads, a podcast that assumes it's normal for working dads to be present in their kids' lives. Hello, Paul. How are you? Hi, Mike. How are you? Have you had your coffee? Uh, I don't drink coffee or tea. I thought you were going to say that. That makes for a really interesting difference for once. I have taken my morning caffeine pill. <laughs> it's considerably cheaper than coffee and tastes of nothing. Comple- considerably less full of soul and delight and smell and and ambiance. Yes. But much like little children, I never grew out of finding the taste of coffee to be overly bitter and disgusting. So... Mm-hmm. Um, we actually do that with increasingly with uh, the eldest where he's wanting to try more and more foods and we're in- increasingly just letting him try everything that he wants to try. Yeah. Uh, he had a, a sip of gin and tonic the other day, mm-hmm. which was, well, you can predict the reaction. It's well, the reaction I do when I drink gin and tonic, to be fair. but So I, well, I assume the face screwed up and it was the most disgusting thing he ever had. Yes, it was yucky. That's the word of choice at the moment. I gave uh, our eldest some wine in France last year and he said mmm foodie I was like (laughs) super impressed so then when we were away in uh, in October later on in the year I decided to try again and we we took a video recording of the reaction and it's quite delightful to watch and it's more the the stereotypical reaction you would expect the screwed up face and the look of disgust and the oh that's good (laughs) Um, so since the last call I have discovered the joy that is dino trucks dino get build it up yeah so I'm I'm not sure if it's a Netflix original or is it just one of those ones that is packaged as one over here because it never showed on TV over here but um, it's I really like the idea of our focus group just being like okay we're going to make a news show for little children what the children like and someone shouts trucks and another person shouts dinosaurs and then someone else shouts what if what if the dinosaurs were trucks and everyone is in stunned silence. But yeah, no, the, the eldest absolutely is adores Dino Trucks. It appears very, very exciting for him. And to be honest, I, I quite like it as well. It's yeah. quite quite cool. It's quite enjoyable. My favorite Dino Truck story is after the, the little boy started watching it for a while, just he'd be sitting playing with his toys downstairs and under his breath in this like really hushed voice, he would say, crush it, smash it. And we were like... What are you saying? <laughs> Until we realize that the opening theme, which is an amazing opening theme, opens with a really heavy drum beat. And then like an almost metal singing of smash it, crush it, and before breaking it to build it up. And uh, yeah, couldn't fault his, his repetition or his learning of the song, but it was so funny. Just, just under his breath, crush it, smash it, crush it. <laughs> We've been listening to the theme song in the car for, I mean, I, I kind of had all these dreams before, again, having children that, you know, I would introduce them to all the music that I love in the car and they mm. would grow to love everything that I love. But no, it's basically just the toddler dictates what we can and can't listen to. So at the moment on rotation is the, yeah, the Dinoshocks theme song, Hey Doggy has like a, some sort of album huh. thing of kind of clips someone's made. And then a bizarre one that I found he likes, which is probably my favorite despite it being weird so there's a scottish pirate metal band called ailstorm that i am into Hmm. who have 
generally quite explicit lyrics. But for some reason, their like bonus side, bonus tracks of their most recent album are all of the songs with the vocal track stripped out and someone playing on a keyboard the vocal line with like dogs barking. So oh. it will be like ruff 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 ruff. For some reason, the eldest really seems to enjoy the sound of what he calls dog singing right. and like it's not i mean it's not good music by any means but because it's kind of good music that's only slightly ruined it's <laughs> preferable to listen to hey doggy on repeat for uh, three hours so um and yeah. as a bonus point my other half uh absolutely hates it so that's oh, well that's nice as well only you could enjoy that um yeah i love the names that the the not the names of the characters in Dino Trucks, but the names of the the dinosaurs. Like Ty is the main character, who's the like the team leader of the good trucks. His uh, his his species is <laughs> Tyrannosaurus trucks, a mix of a Tyrannosaurus Rex and a Megaton excavator. <laughs> yeah, so we we discovered it actually on holiday because we we were doing. I think we did that since the last podcast, oh. uh, and it was oh man, what what a change since the last time he was on a flight oh. uh, and it was you know 15 he probably could pay attention then maybe when it was about one and a half to an ipad for like five ten fifteen minutes whereas this time it was a four and a half hour flight and he basically just was glued to the ipad the entire time just yeah. watching dino trucks hey doggy various julia donaldson animations which are on the bbc at the moment nice and if it was just him it would have been so easy obviously the six month old decided to overcompensate and just not sleep and everything like that oh, um, dear. but yeah but the way there was was awesome and then the way back was less awesome because it was he the they both kind of missed naps and then we arrived way after their bedtime and everyone was just really mm. tired and whatever um, and then i got home to my front door to realize i'd forgotten my keys which is always a nice thing to do at the end of the holiday well clearly you're missing a system in your life but yeah uh, yeah clearly but no i i would recommend it uh we went on one of the first uh, sort of, you know, all-inclusive, three meals a day, uh, uh. like resorty places where you know you pretty much sit, stay in the compound the whole week, and yeah, like I, it's the type of thing I would have absolutely hated before <laughs> having children, but then now it right. was pretty wonderful. Well, and yeah. one of my guilty pleasures that I never really felt guilty about—not even pleasures, but practical practicality of late—has been McDonald's. If, on that exact vein, and I'm interested to hear more about Tenerife, but my quick aside about how amazing McDonald's is when you have a child with you. And I discovered this last year when my wife and her mother were off shopping and I had to entertain the three-year-old for a while. And I was like, I'm hungry, so I'm going to go to McDonald's. I took him to McDonald's and ordered, a, they have a, a miniature McFlurry perfect it was just a little touch of ice cream um he was he shared some of my chips uh i think i got him a happy meal uh or maybe we shared a happy meal. it doesn't matter the happy meal is designed for children it's a it's a food that's designed for children um he was i don't know if he was if he was loud or whatever but um a, a staff member came over and i was like oh no what's this gonna be and he leans over kind of ominously and he says would you like a balloon and it's just that this is the this is the most amazing place That's to nice. be with my child. And since then, pretty well anywhere, like 
uh, of going like t- going to the cinema or whatever you might I might take him to a chain restaurant whether it's Wagamama or uh, or wherever and all these places have coloring and whatnot but nothing can beat the happy meal I, I don't understand how happy meal the format like the or the the, the notion is just not replicated everywhere. Just having a toy or a book to leaf through, so you can, and then the the permission to be loud. Like he and I, uh, before we went to a movie on, on Saturday, um, we were we were role playing something or other. What was it this time? Oh, probably Transformers. Um, I think I was being Megatron, and we were being loud and shouting, but we weren't louder than the kids on the table next to us. It was amazing. <laughs> And there, I don't know if there's anywhere else like that that has, like McDonald's, wouldn't necessarily be quality, but it's of a level, and I, to me, it's certainly a level above like soft play center food. Yeah, so, no, uh, that's that's a nice call. Yeah, well, our, our equivalent is probably Five Guys. You don't get the Happy Meal, but um, yeah, there's definitely something to be said for a place where. A, you can just leave at any point if you kind of need to, and B, the general background noise is high and no one's having a fancy meal and you're not going to get any glares for being loud or noisy or messy or whatever. Um, And yeah, and that's, I guess that relates back to the the Tenerife uh, place we were staying as well where it was one of those sort of little compounds where everyone had children. And it, it it was quite clear that like no one was going to stay there. It was just you know a single couple in their twenties huh. or or any sort of age. The the only people who didn't visibly have children looked very likely to be grandparents of the children who were there. Um, and it was just nice because from that perspective, again, you know, they can run around and shout and scream and cry and play with toys and whatever it may be, and you're not going to get people looking at you like oh, you're ruining my holiday. So yeah, pretty great. We've just upgraded in our car. Uh, the eldest is like seemed like he was getting a bit big for the car seat he was in. It apparently can go to age like five or something like that, and he's only two and a half. I mean, so he's pretty a tall, weight limit though, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, we've not weighed him or whatever, but basically he was getting. It's one of those ones that it kind of goes over the shoulders and clips in the middle, and you need to try and stop him his arms from escaping and things like that. Yeah. And he was just getting more and more kind of grumpy about it. Oh. Um, so then we looked at the size up that's meant to be only for like four plus, and supposedly goes up to age twelve. Although that is clearly not wow. going to happen. Um, so yeah, we just bit the bullet and just bought him it and he seems like from a height perspective he's kind of fine and he's so much happier and it's just so nice to not have like a fight every time we go into the car and when we're driving for a long time and if he's upset like he's not trying to wrestle his arms out and he's just mm-hmm. got a, a normal big boy seat belt that's that's the big thing right, right. now i don't know if you also do this that I you do. know everything being a big boy this and a big boy that and everything that they can do that's what mommy or daddy do is automatically <laughs> more appealing the net the next one is going to be, again, getting him to brush his teeth is a bit of a pain. Um, and he's yeah. really been fascinated with our electric toothbrushes. And again, I think that's another one that they say not to do until age three. Oh, really? Uh, but oh, I, I think so. we're going to similarly bite the bullet and just get him an mm. electric toothbrush to yeah, for a much easier life. That didn't help us all that much. Um, but yeah, we still find brushing teeth. We've got all sorts of stories, like the pirates are going to steal your your teeth or try and like look inside the mouth to find cartoon characters um or in my case just like flipping out and <laughs> threatening to take away this toy or that toy if he doesn't brush his teeth properly or to bring him down for a long chat long chat in the front room that he hates but yeah but, well, uh, brushing is still a problem this this probably won't work for you but um my mother was a dentist 
Um, so we have started saying brush your teeth for Gaga. Um, and for some reason, I guess with her being a dentist, they must teach you this, this in dental school. Like she can always get him to brush his teeth. Like if, if she's kind of given a toothbrush mm. and him, like he'll brush it totally happily without any. But yeah. yeah, so sometimes even just invoking her name is enough to. Interesting. Yeah, we did. We have been through that exact thing as well. Uh, so our lads have uh, Granny on my wife's side and Gaga on our side, but Gaga has nothing to do with dentistry. But yeah, Granny, Granny. We have done the granny dentist role play, and he's totally happy with that. Nice. But, uh, yeah, we can't replicate it at home. But, I mean, his teeth are whiter now than they were six months ago. So, I guess we're we're, we're, pers- we're persisting. The, uh, the electric toothbrush does, do, does work, but we have a, a variety of other sparkly and different themed toothbrushes, just in case. <laughs> well, so he really loves cars, like the Pixar thing. Yeah. And he's he's got a little... Matchbox Lightning McQueen um, that he has to carry around with him everywhere. So we noticed there's like a Cars electric. Yeah, we have so. that. We have that one. Oh, it's do great. you have that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah. No, that's. I think that's the one that we we'll probably will get as well. That's the one that we have. Oh dear. Um, speaking of things that could be improved, do you have rugby tots in in Edinburgh? I assume it's a thing. Are you aware of it? It's a UK company. Uh, yeah, probably, probably. I haven't tried it yet. I I, I was always a bit anti-rugby as a child so <laughs> i can't remember if i spoke at christmas about the santa experience that we went on and there was a thing growing up where like we would go into a, a supermarket or maybe like a center or a kid's place and my my parents would be chatting to their to themselves and i'd overhear my mother say oh if only had someone had put some thought into this well then it could have been so much better and the christmas santa experience i kept having that thought except it was the reverse it was Oh my goodness, somebody has put so much thought into this and it's amazing. And Roby Tots is exactly the opposite again. It's like, let's let's create a brand around parents bringing their kids to a thing and do the minimum we possibly can to get away with having parents part with their money. And I, that, that sounds so cynical coming out of my mouth, but it really, it's it's so weird. And we did a swimming class recently and it was sort of similar where there's no... There's no introduction at the start, so there was no like, oh, let's all meet each other. All the kids get a little name tag, but the like, I don't know any of the parents' names. There's about ten people in the class. I don't know any of their names. It doesn't seem like there's going to be any parent interaction, and I get that maybe I can just chat to a parent or whatever. But it's there's no, there's nothing done to facilitate interaction between either the children and the parents, and that to me is such a missed opportunity. Um, there is lots of running and there are games and the, the the facilitators are pretty good with the kids but I don't understand how these things can exist and people don't want to have some kind of facilitation I don't know what your thoughts are on that maybe you prefer just to stand back and be anonymous no I agree I agree I think it's kind of nice on those types of groups when parents kind of get to know each other a little bit better <clears throat> Did you um, do did you do a, an NCT course? Uh, we did. Uh, let me see. What does that um, stand so for? Natural National Child Natural, Children's Trust. Uh, what is it? Let's see. Um, we did um, the NHS one together, and then uh, my wife did one called Daisy by herself. Um, and yeah, so the NHS one, like. They're really good and they give you everything you need to know and everything like that. But 
I think again, it's pretty rare that almost like people become like pals afterwards and stuff like oh, that. Really? But yeah, but but the Daisy ones, um, I guess that's just a private one. Yeah. Uh, that like yeah. So in fact, even last night, so two of her friends from the the Daisy one she did uh, were round last night having a okay, curry at yeah, our that's, house. That's so, nice. Yeah. I, and I, I'm on the NCT website and it says that uh, it's all about building a supportive social network. Because we did a course in um, in in the hospital that we had our two lads and um, it was good. But again, there was no facilitation whatsoever. And I, I wondered at it because my sisters who were in the UK, they were, as you said, they were friends with theirs. So I guess it's not necessarily the hospital's responsibility, but it always feels like a missed opportunity. Like all, all it requires is some kind of even a contrived nice to meet you this is, this is your name um and it feels like that the, similarly i think i spoke before of the the montessori school doesn't facilitate parents really at all um they had a they had a information evening that they had wine at and it sort of people introduced themselves but um i've started reading a book from in work um called the art of gathering and I haven't gotten to the piece in the book yet, but one of the the themes that the author talks about is the the art of sort of pulling the host pulling people along in a in a particular direction, and it's my sense that people love to be love to be pulled along, and if you leave people to their own devices, people will introduce themselves or but it's again it's it's like it's optimizing for people who are good at that kind of thing and yep oh, if like, like, introducing myself is something that no matter how many times i've done it is always feels like the most difficult thing in the world to me and i always just wish there was something to open a conversation with um and I, yeah i just i just it's all these lost opportunities anyway i think there's a huge opportunity to provide parent and kids activities that you come away with feeling like you're feeling like you've done something more than just had had the kid had some other adults facilitate the child running around for 40 minutes yep no i agree and i i think the big thing is almost like building a series of connections i feel like in the again uk and ireland it feels like stuff like nct daisy whatever the the prenatal courses are like they seem to do a good thing at actually building bonds that stick around afterwards. So yeah. I was listening to another podcast the other day uh, that was a bit more America-centric and they were uh, mentioning that, you know, a lot more, a lot of parents maybe don't have uh, a connection to other parents and particularly like working mothers don't have a connection to other working mothers. And I, it's kind of, I mentioned that to my wife and we kind of were laughing in a nice way that almost like it's kind of crazy the extent to which the opposite is the case so she could probably she she probably has someone she could talk to if she like picked a random profession like rather than almost being like oh i don't know any working mums she could probably say i know multiple working mums who are lawyers accountants mm. like you know she's got so many people that she sort of knows and who are also working and kind of have that sort of support network for people in like a similar situation to herself and that's i feel like that's really really great because i mean and that's what, all through this organization she joined well partly through that organization partly through you know friends of friends partly through right. kind of family in the same city you know like a bit a bit of sort of everything yeah. but i guess the point being that you know there's just a lot of a lot of people which is right. great um, i gotta i guess say, i still find it excruciating having social interactions with parents <laughs> dads in particular 
Yeah, there's, it feels like it's not it's not as almost optimized for like a, and particularly almost the it's dads talking about how they're doing and how they're feeling about stuff is less normal and societally acceptable in in general like I, i've definitely found again compared to my wife with this stuff that you know if i'm almost like having a bit of a rough time and feeling things are hard then she, like my wife is the main person i have to talk to and then other friends who aren't parents like i don't really have a lot of friends who are parents who i feel huh. like i can I've, well that other dads i guess who um, I feel like I can go and say, oh, you know, things are a bit rough and like, you, you know, you, what have been your experiences of X, Y, and Z? And, you can always you know. talk to me, Mike. Oh, no, I know. Well, I mean, hopefully that this podcast is <laughs> is, is part of that lovely process. But I, I, I do feel that it's almost, there is a, a, a funny thing with, with dads and that being different. Um, that for me, I guess the most maybe like dad-centric thing has been uh, baby swimming on like a Saturday morning hmm. that... Um, the, yeah, the eldest dads is, are that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's mainly uh, mainly dads um, who kind of do the swimming. It's probably well, I, not mainly dads. It's maybe fifty fifty mums dads, but almost compared to lots of other things like that, like the proportions are a lot more dad skewed. And because you have um, gender segregated changing rooms and stuff like that, then you end up kind of you know chatting away with the dads a wee bit more and stuff like that. And that's been. That, yeah that i mean that's nice i've kind of got to know a mm. few of the dads through that and had like you know discussions about all oh, similar problems and their mm. child does something and i recognize that and my child does something mm. and they recognize it and you know that's been a nice yeah a nice kind of way of doing things but there's not it's not the same almost yeah i don't know like i can't ever imagine almost like having someone from there and this is maybe my feeling partly having someone from there and almost being like oh you know what we should go and do a play date in fact, because over Christmas I did, I got someone's number. I got so a, another dad who was on paternity leave at the same time that I was on paternity leave, and I got his number um, over Christmas because he was going to the same gym as me, and his son now goes to the same nursery as mine. Huh. Um, so I got his number and was like, "Oh, you know, we'll do a play date, you know, the four of us or whatever." And then it's not never got around to right. it. You know? oh. the, the, there was a kid in our uh, three-year-old's class, very similar story with that. Uh, one of the days I was taking him to, uh, let's say, to get a snack or something after school, and the snack was in the park, and we were walking back, and one of the little fellas from his class was walking the same way, and it turned out we kept bumping into him at traffic lights or getting ice cream or whatever. And um, the following weekend that kid was in the local playground and I was like, oh, hey, hey. And his dad was there and I was like, oh, this is cool. This is serendipitous. This is spontaneous. And I assume this is just after we moved back uh, to Ireland. I assumed it was like, oh, hey, your kid's in the same class as my kid. We're both dads. We live in the local area. Want to take my number? So got his number and nary a text was exchanged. <laughs> so that was that was fine. So then, um, gradually over time, got to know the kid better in school, got to know the mother a little bit from the, the drop-offs, and um, three-year-old and I last weekend went to the library, and who was in the library but that little family, and so <laughs> the kid walked over. I was I was putting the books back on the automatic amazing uh, NFC book return unit thing, and. The kid walks over and said, do you want to come to my house? And I said, I was like, oh, well, obviously I didn't answer. Uh, and then he went, went over to his parents and he came back and he said, no, I'm coming to your house. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, um, 
okay. And then I literally looked over to them. I said, listen, we have nothing planned this afternoon. If he wants to come over to our house, we're just on the other side of the park. That's totally fine by me. And you sort of see the two of them looking at each other. And it's like, to me, this is perfectly normal. This is what I thought weekends would be having a kid who was in a school that was in the local area. But they're looking at each other and then it's like, they're like, okay, if you if, if that's okay with you. I was like, of course it's okay. And so we arranged we arranged it and they were like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll come and get him after an hour. And I'm like, come and get him whenever you want. It's totally fine. Because in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, we can put them up, we can put them into the kind of the playroom and then they'll be able to look after each other to a little bit and maybe it'll be a more relaxing afternoon that I have to play with the kid all more. To me, it was just so normal to have a kid over and it was amazing. And it just made me feel so weird that this really random, spontaneous kid making it happen on his own behalf and his parents too shy to organize it for him. Um, how did it take so much effort to get two children playing together in somebody's house? I can totally relate, though, actually to both sides, because it feels like, it, you know what? You know what else it reminds me of, which is also incredibly normal, but also awkward, is kind of like dating in general so my wife and i got (laughs) together when we were teenagers and have been together kind of since you know i guess it was i think 17 and 15 when we started going out you know and it was back in the msn messenger days and all this type of thing so like for me you know the thought of i think for either of us anything happening to one of us and the other one having to date ever again is absolutely terrifying um but yeah so but it it feels like that to me like when if i go to another dad and like try and like get their number or something like that like it (laughs) it feels like i'm like asking them out on a date and it's like and they have that chance to kind of like not reject me but like you know ghost me or whatever it may be and i know what you mean like it is it's really weird and it's a completely normal thing to do and we should be doing a lot more the scale is a little bit different like because the consequences of a successful date is a a choice whether it's going to be a lifelong commitment or not maybe i'm maybe not oh no i agree but i think it's just as you get older maybe as well that like you know you become a bit settled into yourself and like even like having new friendships with new people feels a little bit more kind of datey because it's almost a bit like oh like you know we're gonna go and like it's funny like i'm actually going later on today with um a a newish friend (laughs) i made at the gym and we're going out to lunch together later on and and it's kind of funny because we have been joking that it's almost like a date and stuff and i think we were both a little bit shy about suggesting to the other one oh let's go and meet up and do something outside of the normal place we see each other and i don't know it's just it's a funny thing the way the way your mind works as you say like it can be completely normal and it should be completely normal and you're like why would this even be a thing but then part of you's like oh you know and maybe that's the my equivalent of, you know, you were saying earlier about, you know, you find it very awkward introducing yourself. I, I don't yeah. find it awkward doing that, but I, I find it really awkward trying to go from the introduction to being like, well, that's, you know, oh. should we do something next weekend or totally. whatever? Like, totally. Yeah. Uh, one parent did say to me that it uh, there's a there's a worry that you end up with somebody who is uninteresting and there's nothing in common. But to me, it's like, well, surely that's already solved. Like, you're both raising children the same age. But, yeah, maybe not. Well, and I guess the other paranoia that we've not experienced ourselves, but I've seen various sites on the internet talking about how you deal with this situation, you know, is that you're incompatible parenting types so yeah. like you know your your child comes around to their house or their child comes around to your house and you know you say hey would you like a snack i have some you know 
like chocolate and sweets mm. and and Liquor cocaine that your child can have. Surprise, yeah, point snacks. <laughs> and then, if you want to, you can watch TV for six hours at a time, and and the other parents are you know a screen free yeah. household and a yeah. and a whatever you know our child shouldn't be eating whatever and you know, yeah. and again, I, as you say, like that's I think it's one of those slight unnecessary paranoias that we probably build up that is not a problem 99.99% of the time but you know it can it can paralyze you worrying about these types of things that reminds me I did offer that little boy a licorice all, some licorice all sorts and he was like what are they and I was like they're sweeties <laughs> he said yeah I'd like a sweetie <laughs> and he took one look at the licorice all sort and he was like nah nah <laughs> that's wise I also think they're disgusting <laughs> they're the so. most oh uh, yeah I was like no, they absolutely adore licorice all sorts that's right it's a and we have a Bertie Bassett uh, molded like giant serving device <laughs> like what is it is it a jar a holder and uh, i love just going to the birdie bass and unscrewing i guess the equivalent of his buttocks and just taking <laughs> putting the hand in to get all right moving swiftly on have you read julia Donaldson's new book yes yes the i smed and the smooth yeah it's really really good um i showed the cover to three-year-old the other day without any context and i said look Look at this. What is it? Who's it by? And he said, Julian Donaldson and Axel Scheffler. And I'm like, that, these people are branding experts. Yep. It's, it's, so for anyone who hasn't read it, um, without having any spoilers, it's a, probably the thinnest metaphor in the books they've done before about basically like children who, like two children who want to play with each other, Mm. but they're, different species on an alien planet and the grandparents tell them to not play with each other because the other ones are weird and then they end up getting married and having a baby and Mm. then it brings everyone together and it's again it's the first one that i've seen that um on the last page it says uh, dedicated to the children of europe right and it being released in in 2019 being released in the uk does feel somewhat poignant but yet sad at the same time it's a story i read actually as a teenager um (laughs) <laughs> called Kevin and Sadie Across the Barricades, which was about <laughs> oh, wow. this young couple who meet in Belfast. Yeah. And one is a Catholic and one is a Protestant. And it's it's a very... I mean, it's Romeo and Juliet, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a tale as old as time itself, but it's... Um, yeah, it's it's nice. It's nice to kind of have have that stuff. And, and there's just something about... I know we've talked about her before, but like the way... Like, like Axel Schleifer's... Um, like artwork is always just so great and the fact that there's always like a hidden gruffalo in every <laughs> one is is fun oh, I need to and then looking. just julia donaldson stuff is definitely my favorite to actually like read to read out loud it's just got this fun kind of rhythm to it and Agreed. and like she that. gets and the words right so many yep. children's authors are lazy about their words stop being lazy about your words i think i've talked about this before like what do you mean like going for rhymes that don't quite fit or trying oh, to fit yeah, too yeah. many words into a sentence or it's just like it's that thing of like you always get the sense that Julia Donaldson has thought carefully about her choice of words in her books and sometimes you feel like children's authors didn't think so carefully that they just wrote words and they said that'll do it's just for kids and to me that is a 
significant pitfall of a children's author, and I will call yeah. you out any time you try to do it. Yeah, there's definitely been some children's books where you read them and you're like, ugh, this is just not very good. Like, And I think it's because, again, that, you know, Julie Donaldson's so prolific with her output that, you know, there's so many, you could quite easily probably just read just Julia Donaldson books yeah. to your children. And there are a few, be. there are a few moments where you think, oh, Julia, you've let yourself down here. But on, the, <laughs> on the whole, wonderful. Yep, agreed. Uh, I met Axel Scheffler once. Um, oh, not, not oh in that's any, a good story. Not Let's in any uh, formal capacity, but it was, it was a bit, oh, it was, I probably shouldn't say it, but basically, the the current three-year-old was three weeks old and we had a chance to go to a book festival in the castle that we got married in and oh well yeah and uh, who was there but axel scheffler and i think there were lines outside his wherever he had based himself to get books signed and you could buy all the whole the full range and he was signing books all day and then at the end of the the day when all of the uh, the guests at the festival had had departed, we were invited in for a cup of tea with a few folks, and uh, Mr. Scheffler was sat in in the lobby of the castle, just minding his own business. <laughs> and we Very had nice. bought a, we had bought a couple of the books, and we went over, and and he he drew a little. Uh, it was a Pip and Posy, which is one of the ranges of books he has, and he drew a little Pip. And, and signed it and it was really lovely and he was a very oh that's nice, cool he was a very nice man and if you his, haven't been to his website i would thoroughly recommend that oh, a nice. there's there's pictures you can print out for coloring in and stuff and there's just generally like an faq in which some of his answers are like original drawings and like obviously the web they've worked with on the website where there's a, a bunch of new art that's been carved together and turned into html image maps and all that type of thing and yeah it's basically yeah it's a fun wee website i'll link it in the in the show that, notes that sounds absolutely lovely and i think i'm gonna go and look that up right away well so, you should well lovely talking with you paul you too enjoy Mike. the rest of your week you too bye thanks for listening to balancing dads you can find us on twitter at balancing dads and me at mike mcquade you can find paul on twitter at paul ca have a good week